And we lift you up today. Lord, we love you and we thank you, Father. We bless you. And Lord, we just thank you. We love you. We can't call you good enough. We can't praise you good enough. We can't worship you good enough. And Lord, we just thank you for everything that you're doing in our families and in us. Lord, you're changing us. We're, you're uh, carving at our proud flesh. It doesn't feel too good, but Lord, that's what you're doing in this hour so that you can bless us because you love us. Now, Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And, Lord, I ask that you will allow us to to drink from your heavenly fountain. And we thank and praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Well, God is saying in this hour that he always vindicates. Amen. He always. So if you're going through a rough time on your job, you know, or wherever, if, if, you know, right now, I know that Christian people are at one another's throats. In fact, there's a divide because of what's going on in the country. And, you know, it's like some people believe this, some people believe that. But as a, the body of Christ, the church is supposed to be a body, and we're all supposed to think alike, act alike, talk alike. But we're seeing far from that now. You know, everybody is on a tangent about what God is doing. Never before have people been so concerned about what what God is doing in the earth. And that's because people are not unified. They're not together. There's no unity. And where there's no unity, there is no strength. Amen. And so God, I know, is trying to unify his church. He is trying to unify his people, and he won't stand for anything else. Amen? So it is time to let go of certain uh, ideas and certain uh, a certain way of thinking. I, was, I didn't know why I was listening to this preacher last night. I know why now. And he was saying that uh, God is, is coming for those who don't think right. Because, and he says, night the time to be talking about uh, your brethren and your sister in Christ. He said, now is not the time. He said, because the God of it, this is what he was saying. He's saying, because he is separating the wheat from the tares. Isn't that what it was? The wheat, wheat, he separates. He says, he allowed them to grow up together. And he says, now he's separating the wheat from the tares, the good plants from the bad plants. Because you know the devil does plant people. And so he says he is separating and he's changing the hearts of the people. Amen. So that they can think like him and have the the um, mind of Christ, which is their rightful inheritance. You know, because people, I just have to say, they're just not taught right. Amen. They get under wrong leadership. And they get under, just like this one, uh, I was listening to Kenneth Hagin the other night, and he was saying this one lady was having a problem with her healing. And she said, uh, he was telling her about how God wanted to heal her. And he basically told her the same thing that Jesus told the man at the pool of Bethesda, do you want to be healed? And she said, well, I wouldn't be doing all of this if I didn't want to be healed. And so uh, she was with her mother because her mother was a long-time 30-year um, 
you know, member of some church where he was. And so he was talking to her. He said, if I told you that Jesus wants to heal you and he's already done it, would you believe me? And she said, well, I guess so. And so he read her a scripture, and he said, uh, when it say he's bore all of his our iniquities, our sorrows, and all that. And so I think it was out of Isaiah. Yeah. And so he said, uh, and she said, well, she says, I don't know if I believe it, but if I read, what kind of Bible you got? <laughs> See, because people are just on a different page. And so she said, he said, well, it's the Holy Bible. Is that good? Because she was a Baptist, forgot to tell you, Southern Baptist. And she said, yeah. And so also he told her, I used to be, I was raised a Southern Baptist. He said, so I know how you're thinking. So anyway, he got a Bible out, and it was the King James, and he let her read it. And then he said, now what do you think? He she said, well, I guess my pastor didn't read this. He said, you're right, he didn't read it. So she, he said, so are you ready to receive? But he had, the point was he had to go into that Bible and show her. And to me, I looked at it like this. This is why a lot of people don't believe, because they're not taught. And then you got to have a certain Bible. And then you got to, you know, it's, it's really crazy. And so uh, also someone else in her church had been healed. And, and he was saying, this is how they got healed. He told her, he said, they came to a tent revival I had. You know, she says, oh. So anyway, she didn't, just didn't understand. And so after he read her that scripture and explained everything to her, then she received. He said she got her healing. And was, he said still healed to this day. But, but people are on different levels. And it's not supposed to. Church is a body. We're supposed to be one. One spirit, one one uh, Lord, one faith, and one baptism. And so we have to start, we need to start to speak up. And is, we don't have time for anything else because the time is, is nigh. And we need to speak up as the body and, and just stand out. It's like I saw this guy on, on Facebook, and I've seen him before, and he was pleading with the people. And he said, y'all thinking wrong. He said, you just thinking wrong. You know, and I said, say, he said, we, all of us Christians in this nation, he said, it's enough people. We're, we're uh, enough to settle these, you know, vote these people out that won't pass Congress. And he was telling him, he said, we need to stick together on this and do this thing, you know. And so I saw a lot of what he was saying, you know, and I understood that. But it just showed me how Christianity, people just make it, make it up as they go along, you know. And it's supposed to be one way because there's only one way. But they want us to just allow people to do their own thing, but it, it, God is not pleased. And so God is vindicating his people every day. Amen. He is separating the real from the fake, and he is, is uh, doing a complete work in the hearts of the people. In my heart, and your heart, he is doing a complete work. Amen. He's a good and a just God, and his ways are perfect. And he is fair and just. God is not, he is not, and he is not with the wicked. And that's one thing he was showing me. He says, I am not with the wicked. He says, 
um, you know, my word says I'm angry at the wicked every day. Amen. And he is. Amen. But he loves them, but he's angry at them because he doesn't like the separation in the church. Amen. So God is a good God, and he loves his people, and he won't leave you out of balance. So it's a lot of people that's out of balance. They're broken because of poor leadership, because people are just um, not preaching truth. They're preaching for filthy lucre, building buildings. They want to pad their pockets, you know, and it's just not right. There's a lot of different reasons why we are not, um, you know, getting good direction. And you got these churches from all of, I mean, it's just, I don't know what, what it was about, but it, I don't know the full story. But I know some, uh, I think it was, uh, what's that church had something about a, an animal on stage? or Did anybody hear about that? Okay, well, I don't know what it was, it was about, but it was it was just crazy. There's a lot of crazy stuff going on in these. But see, it's entertainment. That's my point. And we're not here to be entertained. Amen. We are here to be to be taught truth and for us to stand up for what's real and, and to fight for what God is concerned about. He is concerned about souls. He doesn't want anybody to perish. That's his word. But I'll come to repentance. Amen. So injustices don't go unpunished. God will vindicate, promote, and heal you. God always balances his books, and you will see total justice. So don't ever give up like you think the enemy is getting away with something because he's not. So if you turn to Isaiah 61, and it's something you've heard before, but, hey, I'm pulling a rabbit out of my hat. Okay, Isaiah 61, verse 3, it says to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for a mourning, the garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness, Amen. that they may be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. And they shall rebuild the old ruins. And this sounds like Amos 9.13. They shall raise up the former desolations and they shall repair the ruined cities. The desolations of many generations. Strangers shall stand and feed their flock. And the sons of the foreigners shall be your plowsmen and your vine dresser. But you shall be named the priest of the Lord. They shall call you the servants of our God, and you shall eat the riches of the Gentiles. Amen. And that's, that's the wealth of the sinner. See, there is scriptures in here that tell you that you will receive the wealth of the sinner, but you're not waiting on a wealth transfer. Amen. You're not waiting on a wealth transfer, but there is there. And this is just one of many where you will receive the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory you shall boast. It says instead in verse 7, instead of your shame, you shall have double honor, amen, for your trouble, that is. And instead of confusion, they shall rejoice in their portion. Therefore, in their land, they shall possess double, so double for your trouble. Uh, and everlasting joy shall be theirs. Hallelujah. And so God has not forgotten what you've invested in the kingdom. Amen. Because God loves justice. 
verse 8 says, For I, the Lord, love justice. I hate robbery for burnt offering. And I will direct their work in truth and will make with them an everlasting covenant. Their descendants shall be known among the Gentiles and their offsprings among the people. All who see them shall acknowledge them that they are the posterity whom the Lord has blessed. Amen. So in other words, the world will call you blessed. The heathen will call you blessed. Amen. Hallelujah. And so God will bless you in the open. That's what I'm saying. He will openly give honor to you. And he will bless you and not the wicked. The wicked will soon, uh, what's that scripture? The wicked will soon be cut off as grass. Amen. And so that's where we are in the, in the, the kingdom and in the world. Amen. That's where we are. Because God is, is um, vindicating uh, righteousness. Whether it's in the White House, out of the White House, God is vindicating righteousness. Amen. And he is openly making a foolish show of the devil. And that's what he's doing. And I notice whatever's happening in the natural is happening in the church. Amen. And so God is doing his uh, total justice again. He always does and he always will. He will, he will bless you for your good works. He will give you honor where honor is due. Amen. And he will bless you. God will make you whole. Amen. And you will see total justice. His judgments are certain and absolute. And you will see the salvation of the Lord. Doors will begin to open that have been shut for many, many years. And we've been seeing that. Because in this small place, I've seen about five or six people get new promotions and new positions so i'm telling you this is working it's got a new car amen don't tell me you can't go by with no money brand new car so i'm telling you see you have to really look good to see what god is doing god hates evil he hates wickedness he loves holiness he does, and he is standing behind his word. This, we're not living in a season where you got to wait ten more years or five more years to see the salvation of the Lord. It is here now. Judgment is in the house of the Lord now. Amen. I'm telling you, he is judging his church. And he is changing hearts. He is changing minds. He is changing wannabes to not wannabes. Amen. God is doing a complete work in his people. And the good thing that I love about God, because we all been messed up. And he's given us a chance to repent and turn away. You know, when you, you, you have a funk on you. And I don't mean like this. I mean that other funk. And he's allowing us to repent and come clean with him and just start over. And the good thing about with this Amos 9.13, you don't even have to start over. All you have to do is, is get up and walk forward in faith and confidence. Amen. And find peace in what you are doing. Amen. And so God is such a good God. His judgments are absolute. In other words, nobody slips by. He... he He's the captain of the guard, and everybody has to see him face to face. So don't 
be weary in well-doing. Amen. Do not be weary in well-doing because God is with you. He has not forgotten you. Amen. Doors will open. Uh, Hebrews 10. Let's go there. Don't be weary while doing good. Because in due season, you shall reap if you faint not. Faint means to quit. And so as long as you don't quit, you're still up for bat. Y'all understand? Amen. The pitch is coming. Okay, so get your aim right. Because the pitch is coming. Hallelujah. And the good thing about it is, is God is on every base guiding uh, the, the throw. To make sure it lands where it's supposed to land. I don't know what that means. Amen. I really don't. But whatever it means to you. Hallelujah. Hebrews 10.30. Hallelujah. And it says, For we know him who said, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. And again, the Lord will judge his people. And it is a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, is that what it is? You endure a great struggle with sufferings. Amen. I'm going to read that again. But recall the former days in which after you were illuminated, that means after the the light bulb came on, you in, you endured a great struggle with suffering, partly while you were made a, a spectacle, both by reproach. Now listen to this. I'm going to start again. This is in 33. Partly while you were made a spectacle, both by reproaches and tribulations, and partly while you became companions of those who were so treated, for you had compassion on me in my chains and joyfully accepted the plundering of your goods knowing that you have a better and an enduring possession for yourselves in heaven therefore do not cast away or fling away your confidence in other words god is saying don't quit you're at a place now where you at the at the door of blessing and you will see vindication so now it says don't quit it says don't cast away your confidence which has great reward in other words god has not forgotten you for you have need of endurance so that after you have done the will of god you may receive the promise in other words have faith don't let your faith slip away. You know, sometimes you can get so hurt that you will cast away your confidence. I've been there. I've been there. But God is saying he is with you. Nothing goes unseen. Nothing goes unheard. He will. He's a God of vindication. And he will vindicate you. He will come for his word. Amen. Because his 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 justice is fair and absolute and this is what he's saying in this hour he's saying don't give up maybe you've been pushed aside and forgotten but i'm telling you god's got something bigger he's got something bigger you're gonna get the best he'll roll out the red carpet for you amen so i'm telling you 
with everything that is within me that God has your answer and he has it big time. He doesn't have just a few sprinkles. of He has the best for you. Amen. But don't throw away your confidence. Don't do it. The devil wants you to do it because he, he wants you to say, see, he, he, see, I told you it wasn't going to happen. But he's not going to tell you the real reason it didn't happen because you, you left a door open for him. The devil is, he, he is, his time is short and he knows it and he tries to trick people. Amen. We've all been there. But I, you know, I'm staying on the gospel ship because there's really nowhere else to go. Stand on the gospel ship. Hallelujah. When the righteous cry out for help, the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. Let's go to Psalm 34. When the righteous cry out for help, and this is a a good cry out time. That's my middle name, cry out, and I don't mind. Hallelujah. God even responds to your tears. For all of you that don't know it, he responds to your tears. He responds to the heart's cry, and he cares. Psalm 34, I don't know, 17, try 17, yeah, about the righteous. Verse 17, it says, the righteous cry out, and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. You know, it's so good to just repent. So good to just repent. Amen. Hallelujah. I know when I couldn't believe it when my husband first left, the Lord told me to repent. I'm like, huh? And then I went with my, he did this and he did that. And he, he says, you repent. He says, you take responsibility for it. And I didn't right away because I really, I said, I bound that devil. (laughs) I bind you, Satan. I didn't think that was God's voice. But as I kept going, I said, this is God. And I'm telling you, when I repented, I said, God, if it was anything that I did, I said, I'm sorry, and I'm asking you to forgive me. I said, tell me what to do. I said, I don't know what to do. I said, but tell me what to do. And I I just repented for everything I could think of. And and he told me no. He said, repent for him. I'm like, repent for what he did. Because you are one. One flesh. (laughs) And I I said, I got it. And it made so much sense. And afterwards, I said, how could I have been so stupid? One flesh. If he's guilty, I'm guilty. If I'm guilty, he's guilty. So I repented for what he did. And I'm telling you, it just changed my life. Nothing but blessings ever since that day. Nothing but, but God became my husband that day. And I never wanted for nothing. In fact, I got a brand new car with a red bow on it sitting in my garage. Amen. And so it's just, and you know what? We don't know that that's what we need to do. But God will show you. But I don't want you to have to go through what I went through to figure out, oh, that's what I need to do. But that voice had been telling me that from day one. But when you take responsibility for whatever's wrong, I'm telling you, there's a blessing in that. Amen. It's a blessing in that. And I felt like, well, I didn't do it. I'm still here. And I, you know, 
But God said, uh-uh. He says, that's not right. You are one. And so I, I, and then this is the good part. God confirmed that to me years after up to today because I got so many people that wanted me to pray for their marriage who have long lost, not even stood. And all they did was come to me with he, 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 he. And God let me see how that sounded. It sounded ugly, 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 he, he. And I had to tell them, I said, no, no. When are you going to, you know, repent for what you did? Well, what I do? I say, you got a pencil and a paper? Let me. <laughs> so, you know, it's just that way. So it's always good to repent even if you feel like you didn't do anything. Because you get your soul cleansed. And you don't know what miracle that's connected to. You just don't know. Because I'm telling you, God is vindicating his people. He's on the side of righteousness. He is on the side of righteousness. When the righteous cry out, did we read 3417? When the righteous cry out, he hears them. And he delivers them. Amen. It says, uh, and delivered them of all of their troubles. And verse 18 says, the Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if my, my heart couldn't have got any broker, at that I was at a time of brokenness, total brokenness. But didn't he deliver me and set me free? The Lord is nigh to those who have a broken heart and save such as have a contrite spirit. Verse 19 is not in my notes, but it says, Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. He guards all of his bones. In other words, he keeps your bones, keep you strong. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked, and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Amen. None of those who trust in him shall be condemned. Hallelujah. So brokenheartedness is the most common affliction to man. And many of our physical afflictions can be traced to a broken heart. Are y'all hearing me? You can get physically sick. I did. Your heart can be so broken, you, you, you can be physically affect, affected by a broken heart, by brokenness. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that, this is why we must love one another as Christ loves us. And don't get on the wrong side of God because he is a vindicator. See, sometimes, and God gives us chance after chance, and sometimes people think they can abuse, they start thinking wrong, like they can abuse God. And, and then some people think they're right because it did not happen to them. Well, God didn't correct me, so I must be right. But that ain't how it works. At least according to this, that ain't how it works here. Amen? God is fair and just, but he's long-suffering. But you don't know when that card is going to be played out. Amen. So it's best to stay up front with God and repent and stay with him and stay in the gospel ship. And it says um, Jesus comes as an advocate. In other words, he pleads on our behalf. He's like our lawyer. Amen. And he pleads on our behalf to heal the brokenheartedness and bind up the wounds. Hallelujah. 
Let's go to Psalm 147. We're already in Psalm. He binds up the wounds. I'm getting delivered again. Hallelujah. Psalm 147. I mean, God is is a good God. He never gives us the punishment we deserve. 147 verse 3. It says, He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He counts the number of the stars and He calls them all by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. Hallelujah. His understanding is infinite. The Lord lifts up the humble. He cast the wicked down to the ground. Sing to the Lord with thanksgiving. Sing praises on the harp to our God, who covers the heavens with clouds, who prepares rain for the earth, who makes grass to grow on the mountains. He gives to the beast its food and to the young ravens that cry. He does not delight in the strength of the horse. He takes no pleasure in the legs of a man. The Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him. Amen. Not those who think they're mighty. Not those who think they're above the law. But those who are mighty in him. Amen. Those who fear him. And in those who hope in his mercy. Hallelujah. If your, your hope is in his mercy and God's got something for you. It's like this. I don't have nothing else, God. I've been around the, 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 the block a few times. And all I have is you. Amen. There's a time when God says enough is enough. And for all of you that don't know, that's it, this time that we're living in. Enough is enough. In other words, the enemy's timeline. He is called a halt to the enemy's timeline. He's drawn another line. Like the enemy's line is way back there. And God said, no, it's right here. I've called, you know, I've, in other words, the wicked is done. Amen. The, the enemy's timeline has been, God has drawn the timeline on the wicked. That's what I'm saying. And so the wicked is always the last to know. But he knows the negative things you've gone through. So trust him totally when you've been unfairly or unjustly treated. God keeps score justly because he is just. God brings things into balance. So don't live your life bitter, but forgive. He sees every hurt and every betrayal. God sees what you're going through when life seems unfair. And he will compensate for that. Amen. He will turn things around and cause you to overcome obstacles. If you trust him, God will give you doubt. I'm sorry, double for your shame. And he will stop um, the enemy that comes against you. So stop worrying about who treated you poorly or unjust or who doesn't appreciate you because God will give you justice. Hallelujah. God will give you justice. Amen. Now, I didn't plan to preach today. Y'all know, so you got to know this is a word from the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. 
and I, he was been speaking to me the same thing all all month really that I am a God of justice and I vindicate my people. I vindicate those who are righteous, and I will not allow the devil to take you out, take you down. And and it's just like he told me, and if you've done anything, repent. He says, I, I'm a, a God that forgives, you know, but I am a God who love. He loves justice. Amen. And he is a just God. Let's go to, let's see, let's go to Deuteronomy 32. Hallelujah. He is a just and fair God. Sometimes things don't seem fair, and I'm like, well, where are you going with this God? You know, he tell me, he say, just, I, I shouldn't say it, but I call it hide and watch. Just hide and watch. Amen. Deuteronomy 32. I'll get there shortly. (laughs) Verse 35. All right, let's see. And it says, Vengeance is mine and recompense. Recompense. Their foot shall slip in due time. Are y'all here? Their foot shall slip in due time. For the day of their calamity is at hand. And the thing to come hastens upon them. For the Lord will judge his people and have compassion on his servants. When he sees that their power is gone and there is no one remaining Bond or free, he will say, where are their gods? The rock in which they sought refuge, who ate the fat of their sacrifices and drank the wine of their drink offering. Let them rise and help you and be your refuge. In other words, the God that you've been serving, where he at now? Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see, where am I at? I think verse 39. Now see that I, even I, am he, and there is no God besides me. I kill and I make alive. I wound and I heal. Nor is there anyone who can deliver from my hand. For I I raise my hand to heaven and say, as I live forever, if I wet my glittering sword and my hand takes hold on judgment, I will render vengeance to my enemies and repay those who hate me. I will make my arrows drunk with blood, and my sword shall devour flesh with the, with the blood of the slain and the captives from the heads of the leaders of the enemy. 43 says, Rejoice, O Gentiles, with his people, for he will avenge the blood of his servants, and render vengeance to his adversaries. He will provide atonement for his land and his people. Hallelujah. God has not forgotten you, and he sees where you are. He knows where you are, and he He plans on doing something about it. Amen. Hallelujah. God will also judge his people. Amen. And so he and he will make haste in his time. 
what the enemy meant for harm, God will use it, of course, for your good. And you will see God's favor show up in your life. You hold the key to your enemy's blessing. So forgive and don't carry garbage and baggage. Let your advocate handle it. Amen. It's just like this is what the Lord was showing me all month. He says, let people off the hook. Amen. Let them off the hook. (laughs) You know, because we delay things. And if you had anything to do with anything, if your heart ain't right, you better repent. Because he's coming for the wicked and he's coming for those that don't repent. Because that's wickedness. And you repent because this is, judgment is in the house of God now. That's what's going on. It's in the house of God. God is against uh, wickedness, period. You see all of these people getting exposed for, uh, what is that, pedophilia and groping people and all of this stuff. You know, if people are getting exposed because that's what we've been praying you know, I was re- I was praying, I think I was praying with Diane earlier this week, and I saw that scripture that says, let the wicked be cut off like grass. Let him be cut off or some in one season. It is time for you to, to work, O oh Lord, for they have made void your law. That's where we are. And I told God, I said, we've been praying that for 30 years, about time. But you know what else that tells me? We were on target all that time. We were on with all of these prayers. We're seeing it come to pass. If you look at that media prayer, and we've been praying for the fourth and fifth column in government, all that stuff is there. The economy prayer. And you know, it's even got something there about OPEC. It doesn't say OPEC, but about OPEC and the oil. All of that stuff. And I said, if we hadn't been, well, you know, Barbara, I was talking to her, you know, like maybe three or four years ago. And we were praying because we said, we praying and praying. We've been praying these prayers 30 years, almost 30 years. And what's going on? And so this is what the Lord, I remember he told us. He said, if you hadn't been praying these prayers, it would be so much worse. But, you know, God knows that we're human and we tired. And so everywhere I look, especially in the, uh, what is this, politi- the political arena, you see everything that we have been praying for 30 years. Every situation is in that prayer manual. I said, oh, my goodness. And then God raised up a prophet, Mark Taylor, to put it into words, amen, about, you know, OPEC and, and everything and the uh, the 501c3 uh, stat, tax status, just everything. And God, it, it just goes to show you, he's been with us, and he knows what he's doing. And those prayers came right from the throne room of God. Amen. Even about the the uh, the war veterans and the people who are... Um, What's that? Homeless. The homeless and and the lonely and how it's the family's responsibility. And I used to think that was a little rough back in the day. I said, oh, that's a little crude. But you know what? That's so true. God has shown me over and over that it's the family's responsibility to not let these people off the hook for being homeless. Yesterday, did anybody see? I was looking at Fox because, you know, I don't look at fake news. 
And did you see all those people? I think it was in New York. Was it in New York that's lined up all them homeless people? Did you see that? Nobody saw that. It was uh, it was on Fox last night, and it was just I think it was in New York. It was in California, in um, not L.A., but and it's near. Um, what's, what's San Francisco. It was near San Francisco, but it wasn't San Francisco. It was near there. They have just streets and streets of tents and garbage and dirt and all these homeless people. It's just, it's like tent city because some cities do have a tent city. But this was just so, it was just people. And this one guy, he's nice looking, Chuck. He was nice looking. He was a, a young buck, you know, like in his 50s. And he was nice looking. He was shaving. He went and found him some water or somewhere. But anyway, he and he was homeless. I thought he was just there observing. And he was homeless. I'm like, and he so the guy probably talked to him because he was cleaner than anybody else. And he was talking to him. And he said, what do you think about uh, the political situation? And he says, well, I voted. I'm a Democrat, and I've always been a Democrat. That he was going on. And he listened, but he was, he was a smart guy. And he said, but I never thought they would let me stay on the street so many years. And I said, now this, and he's been spoke eloquently, you know, and I'm like, how did he get homeless? And so it's just so many things that God needs to take care of. And he is taking care of this stuff because he is tired. I'm telling you, these people, and then he, well, what he was really asking this guy about the influx of uh, illegals. And he said, well, do you think it's worse now, because there's so many illegal people here, he said, yeah, he said, because I used to have a job. He says, and, you know, whatever, and he said, now they're hiring them, and, and it was, but he said, are there any illegals out here? He said, oh, yeah, yeah, it's some. He said, but it's more of us, more of us on the street, and they, and they let in over, over one million Middle East immigrants in the past, in the past seven years, and it's all those people. Like he says, more of us out here on the street than the illegals, and that's something to pray about. You know, it's just very sad. But I'm telling you, God sees this injustice, and He's doing something about it. Because I'm telling you, He's putting these people back to work. Uh, that place, I don't know what company that was, Chuck, where we were in Detroit, and Chuck said, yeah, it was, it was grass growing all up through the asphalt, but now it's, it's been fixed, and the company is open. Do you know what that was? that Chrysler? Yeah, it was an auto. I think it was Chrysler. Say that again. Right, you'll know which one. I think it was Chrysler. But um, all I'm saying is God heed to the cry of the the people, his people. And he is opening up, and it's like people don't even they don't care about that. They don't see what good is being done. But but thank God you ain't out there on the street. Because that man did not look like he. And then it was, it was over on the grass. These people were on the sidewalk. And then there was a lady out there sweeping with broom like that was her house, because it was. Can you imagine? 
and it was muddy because I guess it had been it had been raining, and they had these little um, what's that tarps, and they made houses out of tarps. It's just terrible, and it's bad for the city. It looks bad, and they said that there's a lot of people that had I want to say malaria, but I'm not sure, but something like that. It's going around because it's so unhealthy, and in there, where do they go to the bathroom? In the sewer. It's being dumped in the sewer. It's not clean. It's not good. It's not good for any country. And so these are things that politicians just don't look at. But thank God we have a president that cares. And he is putting people back to work. Amen. Some people's just not ever going to see that thing for what it is. Because they like darkness. They like being, they don't want to be wrong. They don't want to be wrong. But this is what that guy I was telling you all was talking about. He was saying, this is just not right. He said, he was a Christian. He said, us Christians, we need to support our president. He said, because he is doing, he was ripping off a whole lot of stuff he knew about. And I fact-checked it, and it was right. And he said, he's done this and this and this and this. He said, but I do know that there's more money. Well, I'm not even going to go into it. People are going to do what they're going to do. But I'm telling you, God is vindicating. He is making a, a point to pull the wool or the, or the blinders off of people's eyes. Those who want to see. Some people like darkness, so they have an excuse to stay right in their mind. But what good does that do anybody? It doesn't do anybody any good. And so we are living in an age where righteousness needs to stand up and speak amen and that's what that guy was saying amen because god is coming amen he's here he ain't coming he's here amen god knows what everybody's been going through even the smallest heartbreak it's like this god is saying even the smallest heartbreak concerns him even the smallest hurt concerns him. He does not want you to be heartbroken. He does not want you to not trust and believe that this is a new day and a new dawning. This is not the same. It's a new dispensation. It's a new paradigm, I should say. And it's a new way of thinking. We have to adjust our thinking to where God is. Because he just ain't in that old stuff no more. Amen. He is blessing his people. Amen. So when life seems unfair, God will compensate. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's see. Um, let's go to Genesis 29 and talk a little bit about Leah and Rachel. You know, the sisters that. We're married to Jacob. Hallelujah. Just want to uh, compare how God evens things out and just look at that. Genesis 29, verse 30. It says, Then Jacob also went into Rachel, and he also loved Rachel more than Leah. And he served with Laban still another seven years. This is when their father was tricking him into hanging around, working for him. And when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. See, Rachel was barren. I think it was for seven years, but she had her looks going for her. 
and she was well loved. He really wanted her, as you remember. And so she, in other words, God didn't strip her of everything. And neither did he strip Leah of everything. Because he, she needed to feel loved too. And what's any more loving than a, a mother and her child? And so, in other words, you can see from this story how God evened it out. So that nobody would feel unloved. See, that's the kind of God we have. But see, he's in the unseen realm. So sometimes when he's doing things like this, we don't understand it. And we don't take a look at it. But he wanted everybody to feel love. You know, uh, Rachel had the love of her man. Leah was a, a, a mistake. Well, not a mistake, but her, her father pushed her on Jacob. And he just didn't want to reject her. And so God figured out a way for everybody to feel loved and wanted. And that's the good thing about God. Amen. So it says uh, for seven years and 31, it says, And when the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, he opened her wound. I read that. And Rachel was barren. But Rachel was barren. So Leah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Reuben. For she said, The Lord has surely looked on my affliction. Now, therefore, my husband will love me. Then she conceived again and bore a son and said, Because the Lord has heard that I am unloved, he has therefore given me his son also. And she called him Simeon. Uh, 34, she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now this time my husband will become attached to me because I have bore him three sons. Therefore his name will be called Levi. And she conceived again and bore a son and said, Now I will praise the Lord. Therefore she named his name Judah. Then she stopped bearing. I guess Rachel said it's about time. In, verse, in chapter 30, verse 1, it says, Now when Rachel saw that she bore Jacob no children, Rachel envied her sister and said to Jacob, Give me children or else I die. And Jacob's anger was aroused against Rachel, and he said, Am I in the place of God? In other words, I can't give you, I can't make you not barren. You know, he was good. He's like, in other words, I got a gang. I got a squad. <laughs> and don't be getting up in my face. You know how that is. Let's see. Where am I? Verse, let's go to verse 3. It says, so she said, here is my maid, Bala. What is that? Bilha. Go in to her and she will bear a child on my knees that I also may have children by her. And then uh, she gave him Bilhah, her maid, as wife, and Jacob went into her, and Bilhah conceived and bore Jacob a son. Then Rachel said, God has judged my case, and he has also heard my voice, and given me a son. Therefore, she calls his name Dan. And Rachel's maid, Bilhah, conceived again and bore Jacob a second son. And Rachel said, with great wrestling, I have wrestled with my sister, and indeed I have prevailed. So she calls his name Neph, what is that? Nephtali. It says, when Leah saw that she had stopped bearing, she took a Zilpha, her maid, and gave her to Jacob. Jacob was just going on and on. 
And Leah said, Zilpha bore Jacob a son. And Leah said, a troop comes, I'm telling you. So she called his name Gad. And Leah's maid, Zilpha, bore Jacob a second son. And, and Leah said, I am happy for the daughters will call me blessed. So she called his name Asher. Now Reuben went in the days of what harvest and found mandrakes in the field and brought them in to his mother Leah. Then Rachel said to, her, to Leah, please give me some of your son's mandrakes. But she said to her, it is a small matter that you have taken away my husband. Would you take away my son's mandrakes also? And Rachel said, therefore, he will lie with you tonight for your son's mandrakes. And when Jacob came out to the field in the evening, Leah went out to meet him and said, You must come in to me, for I have surely hired you with my son's mandrakes. And he lay with her that night. And God listened to Leah, and she conceived and bore Jacob a fifth son. Leah said, God has given me my wages because I have given my maid to my husband. So she called his name Issachar. Are y'all here? Then Leah conceived again and bore Jacob a sick son. And Leah said, God has endowed me with a good endowment. Now my husband will dwell with me because I have bore him six sons. So she called his name Zephulam. Afterwards, she bore a daughter and named her Diana. The, uh, the God... The God, then God remembered Rachel, and God listened to her and opened her womb. And she conceived and bore a son, and she said, God has taken away my reproach. So you see how long he let her suffer and go through. But, you know, that's a, a small price to pay when the other wife was not loved. Amen. That's a small price to pay. And then, of course, he opened her, room, her womb. And she began to, I'm not going to read anymore, but, you know, this is how God is fair and just. He is fair and just. And, and then uh, Leah was boasting, and then the jealousy and the competition started. Amen. And so God just doesn't like that kind of competition and stuff. But he made it fair, and he made it work. God caused um, uh, Rachel to bore children. Amen. And this is the God of recompense. This is the God of reward. Uh, let's go down. Did we read 22? I think we already did. Okay. And so uh, God just wants you to know that he is a God of recompense. He remembers those that are slighted. And God teaches Jacob about seed faith. And that's in the next chapter which I'm not gonna going to go into. But you know God is saying, Don't you remember the sparrow? Remember the grass, remember the sparrow. He cares about us. He will not leave us or forsake us. Amen. Sometimes God will allow your enemy to get leverage. Amen. Doesn't that look like it sometimes? The enemy getting leverage. Sometimes he'll allow that. 
to make the enemy think he's in control. And this is how people do when they do so much and go so far. They think they're in control. And they think God ain't going to do nothing to them. But, but he gives the enemy le- leverage on pers- purpose because he's allowing people to repent. Amen. Amen. Because you remember he hardened Pharaoh's heart. Amen. Hallelujah. So let's see, where am I going from here? Uh, let's talk a little bit about Saul. I think I have a, a written down a scripture for that. Let's go to Acts 9. Hallelujah. You know, sometimes when it ain't time yet, and you can't you can't take another thing, <laughs> that's when God is allowing the devil to get leverage, or whoever's coming against you, He'll give them leverage on purpose. Y'all see how that's on purpose? Sometimes that's on purpose, Amen. Because He wants to give the enemy a chance to repent, or whoever your supervisor, the mean supervisor, or whoever. Amen. But God will give them a chance and they are so into evil works, they think they're right. And they, you know what I'm saying? And they don't know that their days are numbered. Hallelujah. So the Lord, but the Lord will fight for you. He'll go forward with you. And so we have to trust God and obey. Obey him. Because see, God can't vindicate you if you're in the wrong. Amen. So make sure that you stay right with God. Amen. Now Saul was a crucifier of Christians. And when Stephen the martyr was stoned, Saul loved. He loved it. Because that's what he did. And now Saul was struck blind because God said enough is enough. And this is where we are in the kingdom right now. Now he has to reach out to God for a healing and to search. Remember, he says, search for that man, Ananias, for he will prophesy to you or, or something like that. And he will uh, lay hands on you, if I'm not mistaken, and he will heal you. And so the enemy always gets too big and then have to come down because he has to ask for prayer. And let's go. So it's, I think, I hope that's Acts 9. Okay. Verse 10. And it says, Now there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Here I am, Lord. So the Lord said to him, Arise and go to a street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he is praying. And in a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him so that he might receive his sight. And then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard from my many, I have heard from many about this man, how much harm he has done to your, your saints in Jerusalem. And he's talking about Saul. And in 14, it says, and here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all who call on your name. 
But the Lord said to him, Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before the Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel. For I will show him how many things he must suffer for my name's sake. Amen. In other words, when that word says suffer, it means allow it to happen. And, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me and you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his sight at once and rose and was baptized. So where he had received food, he was strengthened. Uh, then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Amen. And then in verse 20, it says, Immediately he preached the, preached the, preached the Christ in the synagogues, that he is the Son of God. So in other words, he had to backtrack and backtrack all of the, the hurt. In the wounds, you know, he had put people to death. Now he had to go back and preach Christ. Amen. Hallelujah. Who knew that Saul would be Paul and increase the church? He increased the church. Amen. Wrote two-thirds of the, the New Testament. Hallelujah. And he's, he was highly favored by God. Because God is a righteous judge. Don't you think it hurt him to have to go back and preach righteousness after he was killing people for, for living right, a righteous life? Amen. So he highly favors us. And he is our vindicator. Amen. So what, whatever life has caused, whatever harm, God is here to fix it. He is here to help you, to strengthen you. Amen. He likes to strengthen weak hands, and he will turn it around for your good. One more scripture. Let's go back to Isaiah 35. Hallelujah. Isaiah 35, uh, verse 3. And it says, Strengthen the weak hands and make firm the feeble knees. Say to those who are fearful, fearful hearted, be strong and do not fear. Behold, your God will come with a vengeance, with the recompense or reward of God. And he will come and save you. Hallelujah. Amen. Verse 5, I just want to read that. It says, Then the eyes of the blind shall be opened and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. Then the lame shall leap in like a deer. And the tongue of the dumps will sing. For water shall burst forth in the wilderness and streams in the desert. The parched ground shall become a pool. And the thirsty land springs of water. In the habitation of jackals there where each lay, there, there shall be grass with reeds and rushes. A highway shall be there and a road. And it shall be called the highway of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for, for others. Whoever walks the road, although a fool, shall not go astray. The lion shall be there. Uh, no lion shall be there, nor shall any ravenous beast go up on it. 
it shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return. Hallelujah. And come to Zion with singing, with everlasting joy on their heads. They shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow, and sighing shall flee away. Amen. God cares. Amen. God cares. Hallelujah. He will strengthen the hands and make firm feeble knees. And God will come with a vengeance within the recompense, with the recompense of God. And he will save you from your enemies. And that word recompense also, it means reward. And so God, it it pays to wait on God. Amen. Because we would handle things wrong. We always do. Because we don't know what God is doing. Amen. And sometimes in handling things wrong, we hurt our own selves because we don't know what the situation really is. Because see, all we see is what's in the natural. But we don't see into the spirit realm what the situation really entails. So it's always good to wait on God and let him handle the enemy because he surely comes for his people he comes for his word but i'm telling you before this thing is over you're going to see more people falling more people getting exposed i mean that's just the season that we're in so we all as christians need to be as one voice you know one body i mean it's i don't know why Christians are fighting against one another it doesn't make any sense one is not any better than the other Ain't nobody better than me, and I'm not better than anybody else. Amen. Financial status don't make you nobody. And if you don't have money, it still doesn't make you somebody. Or I mean, it just doesn't. What God cares about is your heart and what you are doing for the kingdom of God. Kingdom first. What you are doing for the kingdom. Amen. Hallelujah. God cares about what... He cares about the smallest hurt, the smallest wound, but he also cares about the kingdom and and what we're doing for the kingdom because that's what we're supposed to be doing, to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added. So it's kingdom first, but God will vindicate you. Just keep, stay on the right side of God. Amen. He don't vindicate wrong. wrong. He vindicates righteousness. Amen. And if you've, if you've added to any situation, just repent. Repent, cry out to him, and you know what he'll do? Fight for you. But he doesn't, he doesn't fight for unrighteousness. That's just not God. It's not his nature. Because there's no unrighteousness in him. Amen. So, Father, we do thank and praise you for your word. Hallelujah. We love you and we bless you, Father. We thank you for your undying love. We thank you that you have a twofold recompense for your people who have been hurt, who are lonely, who are tired, who feel abandoned, who feel like they're being misunderstood. God cares and he sees everything. And and this year, everything. Amen. He hears every conversation. So we thank you, Father, that you are a God of love.